Welcome to the Rise Resolute Podcast. I'm Gina Meyer. I'm a doctor of physical therapy committed to empowering every woman to live a vibrant, fulfilling, experience-seeking, and healthy life. It is my pleasure today to have Emily Durgan on the podcast. She is a professional distance runner out of Flagstaff for Under Armour, and I'm just so excited to hear more about your journey, Emily, so welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to to chat this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, before we get going on our discussion, it would be awesome if you want to give the listeners just a little more background on who you are. Of course. So as you said, I'm a professional distance runner for Under Armour. Um, I moved to Flagstaff in 2019, and that's when we started the formation of our pro group out here called Dark Sky Distance. So it's a group of pro athletes sponsored by Under Armour, all chasing high goals of making Olympic teams. Um, And I have teammates from all over the world that live and train in Flagstaff. So pretty awesome to have some fellow American distance runners, but I also train with my closest teammate is from Kenya. So it's pretty awesome to, to get to run with people from all over. How cool. That is like so amazing. And tell people, for those who are not in the professional running arena, tell people a little bit about why it is that so many runners go to Flagstaff and train. I think this is interesting information to get out there. Yeah, so awesome. Um, Flagstaff is at 7,000 feet, so we train at high altitude. So basically what that means is you just have less oxygen and you're making more red blood cells up here. So basically you're working harder, um, your body's working harder at the same effort. So then when you go down to sea level, essentially you have built up all these great fresh red blood cells that give you this extra boost when you compete at sea level. So I, like I said, I've been living up here for two years and my body has responded super well to it. And then you don't have to live at altitude full time. We have people from all over, again, the country and the world that come and train here for four to six weeks stints to kind of get that little boost. So it's pretty cool. Very awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I was just telling my daughter about this because we were up at Mammoth Lakes and I was talking about elevation and <laughs> I am not a pro runner, but it did feel pretty nice when we came back down to sea level. So, yeah. <laughs> um, well, awesome. Um, well, I'm really excited to hear more about your journey, Emily. So lead us through a little bit. I'm sure that, you know, in your running journey, you've faced a lot of obstacles. So tell us a little bit, starting at the beginning about the things that you've, you've faced as a runner and, you know, how you kind of overcame them and got to the place you are today? Yeah, of course. So I started running at a pretty young age. I was about nine and I um, joined just a summer track program and it was super casual. And then as I started to get older, found out that I was pretty good in the sport and um, ran in, in high school. And I think that in high school is when I realized, oh, like I could go to college and, and get a full scholarship in running. And Um, I think that for females that that high school, sophomore, junior year are like these really crucial years in your life, like your body's changing, your mind's all whacked out. And um, yeah, so I kind of struggled with some just personal emotional stuff and also with the pressure of of running and wanting to get this full scholarship. So I think that, um, you know, that I I had to deal with a lot of anxiety that kind of carried on for for years. And I still am dealing with now, you know, it never goes away, but it kind of first popped up at at those young ages. And, and while running was an escape at first for all this, I always just enjoyed it. And it was always fun. It kind of flip flopped. And then there was a few years that it was almost like 
very stressful. And I constantly felt like I was trying to prove something to other people, you know, and that was at a young age to get a college scholarship. Um, so with the sport, I've kind of had these ups and downs and plateaus and leveled off. And, and now it's great. You know, I, I am a professional runner. I have a professional contract, but, um, every single year wasn't, wasn't as amazing and as stellar as it, it may look now. Yeah. So I think that, <laughs> That's kind of good to hear. Yeah, I think that's an important point to make. And I think that sometimes, you know, people look um, from the outside and think, oh, wow, you know, it looks so easy. And the truth is that there's a lot of hard work behind all of it, right? And a lot of growth. Um, and so, yeah, to get to the place that you are. And I'm still, I'm sure you still, you know, continue to face challenges on the daily like we all do. Um, but speaking of those challenges, I, I really firmly believe that we as women um, have such power to help each other through our challenges in life, whether they're on the pavement or on the track when we're running um, or they're just in, in our regular everyday life. So I, I'm wondering, Emily, how you have witnessed the power that we as women have to help um, one another through through these challenges. For sure. And, and going back to when I was kind of younger, I, I felt like I tried to hide all of um, those insecurities of anxiety and stress and all that. And now that I've gotten older and I'm surrounded by so many great women here in Flagstaff that the conversation about anxiety and bad days and, and kind of just feeling off it has become so real. And, and that's one thing that's helped is that, you know, if you show up to practice, people aren't expecting you to be in this chipper, amazing, great mood where when I was in high school and even college, I felt like every time I showed up to an event or an outing with friends, I had to be on like my A game. Whereas now, like, it's okay to have bad days. And we talk a lot about that in practice because I have a great group of women that I train with. One of my coaches is um, a female coach and she coached at the college level and she ran professionally. So she's someone that has gone through all these same challenges that, you know, I'm going through as well. So I think just being kind of real and real with yourself and other people around you has helped the most. And yeah, we kind of acknowledge it. If someone's showing up and just kind of having an off day, like, Hey guys, I'm, I'm irritable today. Yeah. You know, and, and it almost, it, it kind of like, you can like joke and laugh about it, but it really does help. Whereas you know, before I used to kind of hide away in, in, in my house and try not to see people until I kind of snapped out of that. And um, yeah, I try not to do that anymore because isolating myself only used to make it worse. Yeah, I think this is such good advice. And it's so true. Letting people see our authentic selves, our authentic moods. You know, it's not always sunshine. Um, sometimes we have bad days and bad moments. And I think the more that we can be authentic and open up with one another, um, you know, the, the, the easier it becomes because we don't feel like we have to hide and we can have that support. Um, so that's, that's such great feedback. Um, and I'm sure through this journey, you, you've developed a lot of grit and perseverance, Emily. Can you speak more to that? Is there anything in particular that comes to mind when you think about, you know, growing that gritty presence as an athlete? For sure. Yeah. I mean, kind of going back again, it kind of everything reflects from when I'm younger is, is before I felt like I was always trying to prove something to other people. And I feel like now in my life, like I'm everything that I'm doing in my sport or in my relationship is to grow for myself. And I find that that's where I've had the most perseverance is, is just to do it from within and for myself and not for anyone else. And then you know, that's kind of, I've had to, to learn and, and overcome those, those fears of, of trying to do stuff for other people. And when, when that's not the case, that if you're doing it for yourself, then 
things are going to come a lot more easier and and you're going to overcome a lot of great things. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's something that we, it really takes um, some years in our lives and some experiences to realize that we don't have anything to prove to others. We just have to prove it to ourselves, you know? And when we let go of all that expectation that we feel like the outside world is putting on us, it's so freeing um, when we can just listen and and listen to ourselves and live our lives for ourselves, right? Um, So very cool. And so in terms of running, um, do you feel like it's really shaped you as a person as you've gone through this journey, Emily? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I think that I've had to learn to be a lot more patient. Um, still, still practicing on that. Cause I'm a rather impatient person. I like <laughs> As humans, we like instant gratification. You know, you want a magic pill that's going to fix everything. You want to do something once and be in your best shape. And, and running has really forced me to to learn patience because, you know, if, if you're not patient, then you're going to end up overdoing it and you hurt your body and you injure yourself. And, um, yeah, so I think that that's the biggest, biggest thing that I've learned through running is patience and, um, taking and just trusting the process that you're not going to be in great shape the first day you start running. It's, it's like a long-term plan and, um, trusting the process is what I always come back to. So yeah. definitely, have to have patience for with that. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, you know, I think it is. Sometimes it can be very hard to be patient, and you're right. Um, I think many times we want, like, a quick fix. I see it with my patients sometimes, you know, like they come in with what other pain is going on, and they want, like, a, a surgical fix because that seems like it'd be fast and easy. And the reality is that it's just not, you know, and sometimes we have to be willing to put in that work and, um, yeah, and be patient with the progress. So, yeah, I think that's really great feedback as well. Um, and speaking of being patient and some of our other mental skills, Emily, um, when you are having like a rough day and you're in a bad mood or whatever's going on, maybe there's some challenges that have come up. Um, what mental skills do you find yourself drawing on to, to help you get through? Yeah, this is, again, I'd always relate back to those kind of hard times I had in high school that my dad would just always encourage me to, to remember that it's just a bad day, not a bad life. And you're the one that gets to decide how long that bad day lasts. And, um, when, I, when I was younger, we used to call them like my funks, I'd get in a funk and, and it would last multiple days, you know, and, and now that I'm in my adult adult years, like I can get in a funk and it can be a matter of hours or, or, you know, not that long. And, and I'm able to get myself out of that bad mood, bad day pretty quickly. And I think that's because I realized that if I let myself go too deep into that bad day, bad mood, it will turn into a week or a month. And and it's just not, not how I want to spend my, my life being in these, in these bad days and that you have the ability to turn that around. And that's something that I'm constantly working on. Yeah. I love this. You're the one who gets to decide. You decide how long the bad day lasts, how long the bad mood lasts. And guess what? It's not easy to make the decision to try to flip it. And sometimes you try to flip it and like something else happens, (laughs) but But, um, but that is just, it's like, I love that. It's such good. It gets such good perspective because we really do. We are the ones who control our attitude and our own happiness. And it's a choice that we have to practice. Um, and we, you know, it's really a skill, but yeah, I think so worth it because, um, staying stuck and, you know, whether it's a bad mood or whether it's just, you know, you've hit an obstacle and you're stuck in the sadness part of it, um, and not moving forward. I think that that's a, that at some point becomes a choice and we Mm -hmm. just really have to choose. So love it so much. Um, yeah. 
So tell us about your journey. Like, what do you see coming in the future for you, Emily, um, in, in terms of growing as an athlete and, you know, as a woman, a woman in the coming, you know, the coming months and years? Yeah, for sure. I mean, big goals um, athletically with the first one being it's an Olympic year. So I'm qualified for the Olympic trials. It'll be my first time running in the Olympic trials and just going to try to stir things up and and compete on the highest level um, there is to compete on, which would be the Olympic trials firstly, and then making an Olympic team and um, you know, if, if that doesn't happen this year, I have a lot of other goals in the sport um, to lower my times and compete in races throughout the summer and, and represent myself and the brand of Under Armour as best I can. And also um, as a female athlete, encouraging other younger women in, in the sport to, to keep going after their goals. And I went through the NCAA process and in college running is tough. And um, sometimes you, you forget to look at the big picture and I'm very lucky. I had a lot of people around me that were always constantly telling me to look at the big picture and, and not to worry so much about individual races in, in college, because I did a bit of that in high school. Um, and I think that that kind of burnt me out a little bit. So, you know, even though I'm a pro now, I'm still looking at the big picture. I'm still looking at what I can be in two and four years, not what I'm just going to be this year. And I think that if I can encourage younger college athletes or even high school athletes to think that way, then they'll eventually get to be at the highest level they can be in their sport and as an athlete and a person. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so I think it's so important to look at the big picture and not get bogged down sometimes. Um, and, and, you know, I, I had a professor in college, man, this is like a long time ago, Emily, because I graduated <laughs> college like over 20 years ago. But I remember him saying like we it was an exercise physiology professor. Mm-hmm. And he said one workout is not going to make or break things, you know, right. So stop putting so much pressure. If it's one bad day. Okay, great. You right. know, move on mm-hmm. to the to the next day and I think that's really important for people to hear especially I was telling you about um, ARC Active Resolute Connected and our um, our mission to break barriers and bring women to running and I think it can it can get very overwhelming if you go out for a run and you just have a bad workout you know and mm-hmm. you just and you can't let that bog you down you got to look at the big picture of your goals and you know the big picture of your training and I think it's it's hard to do sometimes but you're right it's so so important so um, thank you for that. Um, yeah. So I want to hear too, I'm interested. I know that you prioritize running obviously and, um, you know, athletics, but, um, if we're thinking about other things, I think it's really fun to hear what, um, successful athletes prioritize in their life, Emily. So what, if you were going to pick one or two things that you prioritize, what would they be? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, at first when you answer this question outside of running, what I prioritize is definitely my family and in my relationship. Um, so that's like really important to me. Um, and I kind of tie this in into running because so it's so easy to get caught up in, Oh, I can't go home to see my family or my grandparents or, you know, travel to, to my boyfriend's parents' house this weekend because I have to get my long run and all this. And I've, I've really done a good job of, of making sure that I do these things and communicate with my coaches and sponsors and people around me that this is really important to me and for me to run well and be healthy and do all the other things that I prioritize, like nutrition and mental health and strength training and all that. In order for me to do all of those things, I need to be surrounded by my family and other relationships, whether that's friends and, and or my boyfriend. So 
um, I definitely prioritize that in my life over yeah. with running. I love it. You know, there was one key word in there that I think is so important for people to remember. And you said communicate. You communicate mm-hmm. with your coaches. And I think this word is really important because communication is the key, right? We have to communicate the things we prioritize and the things that we need. Um, and otherwise, you know, how are people going to know and how are we going to make that plan? Um, and then I also, the other piece of this that I really like is that it is so important, and I've heard it time and time again on the podcast, to not just pursue athletics with rigor, but to pursue yeah. your life, you know, all facets of who you are, your, you know, your relationships with your family and other things that might bring you joy, um, because this is going to make you a more well-rounded athlete in the end, right? Um, so yeah, super awesome. And I, and I love to hear that you make time to, to see your family and your loved ones. Um, that's fantastic. Um, one other thing I'd like to hear about, um, you know, I'm wondering if there's one lesson that you feel like you've learned, Emily, um, that you've drawn on when you're faced with difficulty, one lesson through your past, whether it's running or in life, um, that yeah. you continue to kind of have in the back of your mind as you face struggles. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing in tying it in with with women in the sport and just in life is is knowing that celebrating other people's success isn't going to hurt your own. Um yes. And I find that so, so often that I was almost getting like jealous when other people had great workouts or great races where as then, you know, when I had a great race or a great workout, I always, I always loved that everyone was encouraging me and it really brought me up like, wow, you're in such good shape or, or just a simple comment like, oh, you know, you look great today. Your, your hair looks good. Um, and I think that that's super important to do because uh, celebrating other people's success is, is only going to is only going to make you a better athlete, a better person. And then when you are at the top, everyone else is going to want to to celebrate for you as well. That's right. Totally. And, you know, I actually just read um, Abby Wambach's book, Wolfpack. Um, she, you know, she gave the speech. I don't know if you've heard about it, Emily, ever. It's like so awesome to read if you have not read it yet. But anyway, in that book, she's talking about how we as women have got to celebrate each other's successes, you know, and it's just such an important thing that we can do for one another and realizing that someone else's success, um, it, 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 you're, you know, it's your success too. We're all part of this team and this collective whole as women. And so I love that. I think it's, it's it, it, sometimes it is hard. It's hard to watch other people, you know, succeeding and think, gosh, what am I doing? Um, But we just have to get out of that mindset and support one another. And you're right. It can make all the difference. And also just a couple words of encouragement um, to someone who's in our life who we recognize maybe has a bad day or a bad workout or whatever's happening can make such a big difference. Just like you said, like your hair looks good today or whatever, you know. Um, I love it. Um, Okay. As we head towards wrapping up, do you have any other words of encouragement that you would love to put out there for women who are listening today? I mean, the biggest thing is just try try to be positive and in in a nice person, but at the same time, going back to that being real and not having to feel like you have to put on a face every day, but at the same time, just being nice to everyone. And even if you're having a bad day, doesn't mean that you have to make other people have bad days, though. You know, so I think that's the biggest thing is is acknowledging it, being real, um, and then doing so might help you get out of that bad day. 
That's right. Exactly. Well, awesome. Well, I do a couple of quick questions at the end just to put a little more positivity out there. But before I do that, Emily, will you share with listeners how they can follow you if they'd like to follow your run journey as when are the trials in June, correct? The Olympic trials? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we can follow you. That would be amazing. Yeah. And end of June, I'll be racing in the 10K trials and I'm mostly active on Instagram. I'm at EM underscore Durgin, D-U-R-G-I-N. So I love Instagram. I share my, a lot of my workouts that I've done or just fun things I'm doing in Arizona. My parents are coming on Friday, so we'll be doing some touristy things. They haven't been out here yet since I moved here. So um, yeah, I kind of use Instagram to, to share my day-to-day life in Flagstaff. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so I encourage any of you runners out there to go and follow Emily um, because it's super fun to see her positivity and, you know, what she's doing in Flagstaff. And I'm pumped to see what happens in the trials. I think you're going to get there. I believe in you, Emily. Thank (laughs) Um, you. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear. So awesome. Well, as we wrap up, just a couple quick little questions. And the first is this. We talked about priorities, um, priorities in life. But now I want to hear about just some little simple things in the day to day that bring you joy, Emily? The day-to-day that bring me joy. Well, the simplest one being I like waking up early and having my coffee and just my quiet time in the morning brings me the most joy uh, ever. Yeah, so mornings are huge for me. So I think that it kind of sets the tone for the day. So I really, really prioritize that. Yeah. As simple as it is, it really brings me a lot of joy. No, I feel you. I am a coffee person too and a morning person as long as I get like a little bit of sleep. Um, yeah. And yeah, and I agree. It is. There's something so special about that first early morning cup of coffee. Um, awesome. Okay. So the next two are complete the sentence. Okay. Going out to our listeners today. The first is you can. So complete the sentence, Emily. You can. You, you can be the best possible version of yourself. Yes. Woo-hoo! <laughs> yes, you can. And you know what? Yep. It takes practice every day. It takes work every day. Um, but it is so worth it to be on this journey of growth throughout our lifetime and continue to strive to be, you know, the best, the best version of ourselves. I love that. So great. Yeah. Um, last one. Okay. Um, again, <laughs> complete the sentence. Never forget. Never forget you are loved. So good, too. And so powerful. Um, You know, for anyone who is out there listening today who's feeling alone, um, I promise that you're loved. Um, Keep at it. Keep the faith. And um, yeah, well, thank you so much for being here today, Emily. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Oh, thanks so much for having me. This was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And um, listeners, thank you for being here with us. I hope that we gave you some different perspective and a few little nuggets of good advice to take away. Um, I hope that you'll remember, like Emily said, that sometimes it's really important to look at that big picture, um, to remember that you're the one who gets to decide uh, what attitude you're going to have. You're the one who gets to decide um, about your own happiness. And um, you don't have to prove anything to anyone else. So um, we thank you. We are so much stronger together. Let's lift each other up. Connected, we can rise.